They sang a beautiful song, the kids, if you are happy and you know it. In my preparation, uh, I found something that we Christians are supposed to be happy all the time. No matter what circumstances are, we are in life. How can you do it with all the trouble in the world? It's uh, only when we look toward heaven and think of heaven and uh, let God help us through all these life troubles. And I think we, uh, by God's grace we can uh, reach that point that no matter what's happening, we'll still have a good spirit and a happy hope that uh, one day Christ will make all things right. And, uh, you know, when people go through pain, they meditate about life and they think about, and they, uh, many people that have a musical talent, they write music that express something and it's very, here is my my lesson from the pain which I went through (laughs) these uh, past days. I had back problems, just the sins of my youth when I was lifting too much weight. Too heavy just to show off. But once in a while I have the lower back problems and I have a pain like somebody stabs you in the back. But with my pain I learn as long as I don't move wrong, the pain is okay. When I try to do a move and it's the wrong move, the pain kicks in and keeps me from doing that. So my lesson is pain is not necessarily something bad. It keeps me from doing more damages to myself. and that. The sad part is we humans don't learn from pain. We want very fast a pain reliever. Actually, the person that I work with, he said, hey, why don't you do something? I mean, what can I do? I said, hey, just take some cream and that will help. And I said, some Bengay. And I said, okay. I will. When I looked there, he just said, oh, it's a pain reliever. I said, I don't want just a pain reliever. I want something to help me heal. <laughs> You know, I want to get the pain out, but also the problem. And uh, But nowadays, we just want the pain out. And uh, Actually, there is a doctor I met. I said, what do you do? What's your specialty? I said, oh, I'm a pain management. What? Yeah, I'm a pain management doctor. I just go and tell people, okay. They gave a card, well, how much pain do you have? One to ten, you know how they do it. They prescribe a medicine. But most of the time it's a drug that numbs you and then might get you hooked up to other bad things. I want to get healed. <laughs> so the pain will be, be gone also. So my take is this one. Pain is not necessarily something bad if we learn the lesson from and uh, we let the pain keep us from bending in the wrong direction or going in the wrong way. And uh, that's what, you know, the sad part is that that's when it's a kind of a wake-up call when you have pain. Hey, change the course, or don't bend that way, bend the other way. And, but uh, we need God's grace so much to help us to get out of pain <laughs> and stay out of pain. The message uh, which I prepare for me, it's, it's an old message, the need of doing missionary work. And why we should do it and why we don't do it and uh, maybe a commitment to why we should do. Uh, I'll try to look in uh, the message Paul has to the Corinthians in his second epistle. Uh, So second Corinthians. 
uh, chapter 5, here uh, Paul talks about the great privilege that Christians have because of what Christ did and what he gave to the believer to do. So it's 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Uh, let's start from uh, verse 18 downward. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 downward. And all things are of God, who had reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and had given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and had committed unto us the word of, of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ that be ye reconciled to God. We see here there are certain points. Uh, God did the work of reconciliation through Jesus Christ. But this work he had committed to us. And we have a part to do in this work. And uh, you, you see it very well represented, the way uh, Christ worked when he was here on the, on, the, on the earth and how he established his church. He did all for uh, the uh, atonement for our sin, but he committed the work of bringing that work to 12 disciples and they established the church and then some other came in and so the whole world, the gospel tells us, the whole world had, had the gospel in Paul's time. And uh, we see here that God had given to us the ministry of reconciliation. He gave us this work. And uh, we have to take this very serious because... If we will look at the importance, I don't think it's anything more important in life than that. If you put the whole world in the balance, all the money, all that, and eternity, which one do you think is more important? What will you have? Will you have this world for 50 years or will you have eternity? Let's see, who wants the world? Anyone? Eternity? All right, good. All the wise decision, I mean... If you enjoy something for, I don't know, 50 or 70, comparing with eternity, it's a drop in the bucket. And it's not only that, but, you know, in this world, it's all sin and suffering and all that. Uh, eternity with no troubles. No mosquitoes to bite, you know, to bug you. <laughs> Just that's one, one ticket. You, sometimes we cannot even imagine how life will be. You will think, oh, it will be, you know... No problems, no nothing. How, you know, how will you be able to live in? But uh, that's what God had prepared for all of us and uh, had given to the church this work of telling to others and everybody. I think one of the problems is, and we that are believers have to do is to tell people about what God is. Most of the people that 
have a problem with God is they have a misunderstanding of what God is. And I think that's our work is to correct that. And we have to put all our energy in doing that. That should be on our first priority. But my question, is that on our first priority list? To make and do work for the gospel? I don't know. But here are something that hopefully will get us think more serious about this calling and put all our energy and put these things first in our life. And here is uh, something that uh, God had inspired her right, uh, I mean, uh, the prophet to write to us. We must be laborers together with God, for God will not complete his work without human uh, agencies. So this is one. God depends on us to doing that work. And uh, the only thing is God can do that through one person. If you think of the flood... God needed, they were eight. And they gave the gospel, I mean, they gave the message for their time about the flood, and everyone was warned, but they uh, they did not take heed to the warning. So, God can uh, do the warning through a person, but hopefully he will have many more in this end time. And uh, the way God works, it's that he wants us to participate. And it's a privilege if you think, you know. Ellen J. White says that the angels will be an honor to do the work, but they are not given the work of gospel. They have just a messenger, but we are the ones that have to reach humans because kind of... uh, And this is a work that will prepare us and actually will help us to overcome and become more like Christ. But uh, if we neglect that work... Uh, we will become very deceptive and sick. And uh, and uh, actually, um, this is one of the problems that maybe we have in our church because we don't do that. And the church are dying and, you know, people just come and criticize others that do something when there is something for everyone to do and uh, maybe just go and uh, do all in our um uh, in our uh, power. The thing is, one of the things that keeps us, we look at the church and the organization to do something. Oh, if we'll have just something and nobody does anything, but maybe we should change the focus and say, what can I do? And then do it with all your heart and mind. And, and the Lord will help you. And uh, there's a promise, all the gifts will be given to you to do the work you want to do. I mean, I know you cannot, it kind of sounds, oh, I cannot ask God for a gift. He gives to whoever. But the promise, if you want to do some work, he will equip you for the work. Oh, we are looking, oh, I don't have money for that. Oh, I don't have that. But if you look at how God worked, he worked with person with how they were and what they have, if they were just being willing. When God sent Moses to, uh, uh, you know, what's in our hand? Moses, oh, I have this shepherd's rod. Okay, that's enough for God. <laughs> you know, if you look at the disciples, there were 12 disciples. They, they were kind of breadwinners from one day. They were living one paycheck to another, as most of the Americans, or most of us do. They didn't have that much means. Of course, there were some faithful ones that have means and contribute. But there was not that much the money. 
Actually, the problem with the, the church and getting the commission uh, kind of uh, being fulfilled is not the money. That's not a problem with God. Many of us look, oh, we don't have money. <laughs> no, that's not a problem. Uh, we have to get our hearts into and do all in our power, and God will supply the means if it's necessary. Miraculous. But uh, So here is the first point. is We have to do a work because God needs humans to warn the humans. That's how he chooses. And um, another a distinct word is assigned to every Christian. You know, there are some persons that only you know and you reach. You have certain. So God wants to reach everyone. And it's only you that might be in touch with that person and not nothing else. And uh, the only thing is, the problem is, we get so easy discouraged. And uh, we give up. The only thing is we have to look at what Christ did and be... uh, be inspired by his zeal and how he pressed on only when things in life seem to be discouraged. He had people walking out from him. They said, oh, we cannot bear this. And some of the followers have, um, have uh, deserted on him and walked with him no more. But we shouldn't be discouraged of that. I like to look here at some of those uh, the importance and the seriousness of this mission. You know, uh, if you will turn your Bibles with me at John chapter 13. Uh, here Christ made a statement about uh, John chapter 13 and verse 20. And uh, John 13 verse 20. Very verily I say unto you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send, receiveth me. And he that receiveth me, receiveth him that sent me. So this is one thing that will help us to be very serious in this work of going and trying to reach others, people. You know, when you go, there, you know, it's not they don't reject you, they reject Christ. That's basically what he said. When you try to go and tell others, people, and preach about Christ, if they will reject the message, actually they uh, might have rejected, you know, uh, the call for repentance that you call, gave. And so when we will go out and try to tell others, people, we will be feeling a little bit of the importance of doing everything in our power so people will not have any reason to kind of reject the message. So it's very important, you know, not only what you do talk, but it's how you act and how you behave. And when you go out and preach about the gospel, if you live, you know, a, a double life, the Holy Spirit will convince you. You cannot preach to other people about that if you do not live that way. So this is one of the things that will kind of get us out of the hypocritical kind of uh, tendencies that we have. And uh, we will realize that, you know, it's a very serious business. To talk with people and not make them, uh, because of you, reject the message. Because you know how it goes. We have the truth. There is no question about But if you do go out and preach other people, but then through your acts, 
you do something that is not Christ-like, people will reject the message. And it's because of you. And then uh, you'll have blood on your hands. So you will be very much committed of leaving what you preach. Actually, if you want to be effective, you cannot really preach something that you do not live and believe. You will just be, you know, being an actor going out, repeating something, but, you know, your heart is not into it. But when you have it in your heart, your message will have something and will feel and will be real. It's not going to be just a fairy tale you, you go and say. And, you know, people will know. You like it or not, people will know when you are real. I mean, most of the time. Sometimes you might be able to fool some people, but not. I know my dad, he, uh, he, he resisted the message. I mean, actually, he uh, accepted to be the truth. He did not choose to follow for a good while. But my dad will say, hey, you will tell to my mom. My mom was faithful since I was two. My dad will tell her, where should I go? Should I be like that hypocrite <laughs> or like the other? My dad will just say, hey, there are only two persons. He respected two persons or something in the church. I say, those are real persons. I say, they live what they preach. You know, they just go and preach. So my dad, I mean, he had lots of contact with the church. He would go to church once in a while. But my dad could distinguish between people that were real and not. And said, hey, you know, that man lives what he preaches. The other man, yes. So the people will know. You know, when you go out to preach, people will know. So you'll be committed. Hey, you know, I cannot go and preach about that if I do like that. It's, it's no use. But by God's grace, we can live what we preach. And actually, that's what Christ calls us. And this is a very important and most important work that we have in, in our life. You know, when Christ had uh, <clears throat> healed the demoniacs, there were two demoniacs and some others. They came and said, oh, we want to come and follow you. And Christ said, no, no, no. You go and tell other people about the great works that God did for you. And so uh, people will say, oh, why did not? But, you know, Ellen G. White says clearly that they were committed to a most important work. Just go and tell what you know about Christ and tell how God and Christ had mercy on you. And basically, this is the work we are supposed to do. Just go and tell what you find in Christ. And our testimony will, will open doors. And uh, I'm of, of course, people will reject some, but, but some others will accept. You just tell them. I hope you have something to tell about what Christ did for you. And uh, we have a lot. If you are a be- believer, first of it, you will acknowledge that we live and move and have our being in God. So we can tell, hey, you know, um, you, count your, you, you calculate your heartbeats. I had five trillion heartbeats all because of Christ up to this time. And if he gave me a few more, I'll try to honor him. This is one of your first testimony that is true. Of course, some people will say, oh, this is just what you believe. But in the process, God will give us wisdom to use and prove, hey, Christ exists. Otherwise, you know, I wouldn't be changed. And you can point to that. And many people say this is, yeah, it's a testimony. And there is no more powerful testimony than a changed life. That's one of the things we have to do. But, uh, here are a few uh, other quotes. I, I mean, you know, you cannot get better than the spirit of prophecy about. And uh, I'll just 
go through them and just let you think about and then maybe make a decision about, change something in your course of action. To save souls should be the life work of everyone who professes Christ. We are debtors to the world for the grace given us of God, for the light which has shone upon us, and for the discovered beauty and power of the truth. So we are debtors to the world to give the testimony of that. The members are to find their happiness in the happiness of those whom they help and bless. That's where we should find our source. Hey, I mean, if you are a real Christian, and you turn to God and you are happy, you want to share it. You know, you are not more selfish, you just keep it to yourself. You want everyone to enjoy that. So that will be a natural result that you will want everyone. So you will have uh, a desire to share with everyone, and you will find happiness when other people find the same happiness you have. It's not, I mean, you know, if you think about heaven, you know, God does not have a limited sitting in there or places. He wants everyone there. He, he will not be surprised. Oh, I didn't have a room for this person. Hey, he's God. He just said, let there be a billion more rooms. Uh, that's all that he needs. He's not like us. He's God. So we have to find that happiness. And actually, when you study God, I mean Christ's life, you see that that was what kept him going. He will see the result of his soul and travail, and he will be satisfied. That's what the Bible says. Um, and here is uh, something that will encourage us to do our small part that seems in our hearts. Go to work, brethren. It is not alone the large camp meetings or conventions and councils that will give will have the special favor of God. The humblest effort of unselfish love will be crowned with his blessings and receive his great reward. Do what you can and God will increase your ability. So it's not necessarily you'll preach before a thousand or a one person. God just credits you and sees your faithfulness and he will reward you. And here is something else about the disciples. You know, when they thought about how foolish they were when we were with Christ, um, as the disciples were meditating upon his pure, holy life, they felt that no toil will be too hard, no sacrifice too great, if only they could bear witness in their lives to the loveliness of Christ's character. So when they meditate about what Christ is, they said, hey, there's nothing will stop us from going and telling that story. Do we have that spirit and that attitude? We should get to that point by God's grace. Here is another great one. If we have been following Jesus step by step, we shall have something right to the point to, to tell concerning the way in which he has led us. We call we can tell how we have tasted his promise and found the promises true. We can bear witness to what we have known of the grace of Christ. This is the witness for which over for which our Lord calls and for want of which the world is perishing. So we have to bear our witness about we tasted our Lord and we find him true. And uh, this is uh, one of the t- 
um, another great one. It is not what is around us, but what is in us. Not what we have, but what we are that makes us really happy. We want a cheerful fire on the altar of our own hearts. Then, uh, then we shall view everything in a happy, cheerful light. We might have the peace of Christ. Is that easy? By God's grace, we can get to that point. The only thing is we have to change our attitude. The, this society had kind of, you know, it's, it's all about, you know, um, people are victim and all that. We should be caref- uh, cheerfully doing all the little stuff and the big stuff and, and be happy. Do everything uh, unto the Lord. Bring the joy of heaven into your lives. The light of heaven reflected in its beauty, beauty's charm from those who are preparing for transaction, translation brings joy to the heavenly family. Hmm. And here is how and what we can do. Church members, you and me, let the light, the, the light shine forth. Let your voice be heard in humble prayer. First, pray. In witness against intemperance. We have to bear a witness against intemperance. So many people suffer. Then, in witness against intemperance, the folly and the amusement of this world. So we have to be a witness against the folly and the amusements of this world. But the problem is we enjoy some of those amusements the world gave us. I know I talk many times about sports and movies. I'm not going to start again, uh, but uh, I think we should bear a witness against those because those things change us without us being aware. I mean, I can maybe one day I'll preach about how, you know, watching a movie will affect you negatively, even if they has a good moral. I'll, g- I'll give you one example. They show in a movie uh, a story maybe of a life of a person that has ruined his life because he drank alcohol. But there will be images in your mind coming, showing that it's a happy feeling and a happy person going and drinking. So you'll have a confused... I mean, you are not aware of what's going on in your brain. You know, the moral of the movies, you know, alcohol will destroy you, but somehow in your subconscious, Satan puts you, you know, if you want to be happy, just drink that alcohol. And you look at all the advertisement that they say, you know, they show happy people drinking. But I know, when I was in Romania, early in the morning, you know, they have bars all everywhere. They have economic hardship. There were people drinking there, but you think they were happy? They should show this and make an advertisement, but they do not. I mean, this is Satan's way. He doesn't come to unite it. They should show, just make a, you know, film them reality. And then people will think maybe twice. I looked at them, I said... Wow, man, they look different from the advertisement. Tricky boy, how you I said, those are not happy people. They said it helps you to cope with, this, uh, with stress. I think it, it makes it worse. It makes it worse. But this is what Satan sells us. And uh, one of the ways, movies and entertainment and all that, that present that lifestyle, it's attracting to us, and, but uh, the reality is destroying our lives. It is working for others that they, uh, that they will keep their own souls alive. So when you work for others, your soul will be alive. 
my uh, my uh, appeal to you is think what you can do in put first God maybe start with doing something in the church you know we have a hard time we I'm a part of finding people do Sabbath school and other things let's start in our house you know Instead of just going, when somebody tried to do something, we just go and complain about, and not even complaining. It's nothing bad complaining to build up, but to go behind, oh, why did they do it this way? Why did they do it the other way? Instead of doing to that person, say, hey, maybe you could have done it this way, this way, this way. Well, I accept criticism when people come. I mean, I'm looking at it, uh, I'm analyzing, it might be wrong, I cannot see. But, you know, we just go, oh, why did they do it that way and that way? And so, somebody that does something hears those criticism and he's kind of disappointed and stopped doing. Why should I do it? He's not appreciated for his effort. So, maybe there's just change. Let's change our attitude. Hey, what can I do here? Oh, people come and bore. Oh, the Sabbath school is so boring. Okay, take it and go. I'll start your own. Or come and do it. Make it more interesting. We are open. The church by talking, I mean, I know even, hey, we, we, we want to have people participate and come. I want to start the ministry. Okay, do. We can help you, yes. The only thing is we have to make and be prepared to do effort for that. It's not good. I mean, just try to go and start a prison ministry. You see the government, oh, okay, do you have this approval? Okay, background, paper, that. Oh, it's too much. <laughs> okay, well, too much. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. The thing is, hey, we have to be prepared to do to sacrifice ourselves. God, get out of our comfort zone, and say, okay, I'll go. I'll go to Washington D.C. I'll go there. I'll go get a paper approval. All that. They will not help you. Oh, you cannot bring this paper in here. You cannot bring that. You have to be prepared and be, you know, honest. They will not come and say, oh yeah, well, you know, uh, roll a, a red carpet before you. They'll try to make your work hard, but we should keep on going. And uh, by God's grace, we'll see that Christ's commission is. So there are certain things maybe you should think. One of the things is health. We have to, we can reach people through health, helping them. You know, there's so much suffering, people dying young and before with, you know, with days. We should reach those people, tell them, you know. We have a health message that gives results if we follow some people say, yeah, but you know I'm sick myself. <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> it's a very serious problem because maybe we should apply it serious to our life. My suggestion is if you are having health issues, just read and see God's message, how to restore it. And follow it step by step, and God will help you. And then you will have your witness. I suffer with this, but look, God help me. I stopped eating that pork chops, that kind of plug my arteries, and now I'm good. <laughs> and uh, so one thing we can do is about health. First, study and being healthy. You know, you cannot go and preach, hey, you know, I'm sick. Uh, how you can be healthy? <laughs> you can uh, leave it, and then you can preach it to others. And by God's grace, we should get to that. I mean, we should be far advanced than, than where we are. I talked with somebody in the church. I'm on diet now. From the church, you see, what do you mean by diet? And many people have the wrong view about diet. It means, oh, you know, you abstain. I'm not on diet. I eat the best foods that God made. 
and I enjoy them. I eat fruits and uh, the way God created, and you enjoy health. I'm not on diet. Or if you call it, I'm doing junk food, or at least what they think is junk food, I'm on diet then. But that's not diet. <laughs> it's temperance. That's what the Bible says. That's temperance. Okay, so the, one of those things will be this, uh, health. We can reach people. Maybe you start your own. Hey, I have problem. Let's do and study. And then you can reach people. You go people, tell people, hey, you know, this is what I did, and now I feel great, and you have something to prove. The next one will be uh, maybe if you are interested to f- visit people in prison, start a prison ministry. And um, be prepared to have all kind of problems because they'll come and tell you cannot bring that, you cannot do that. But by God's grace, you might have an opening. And, you know, if you go out, you will you'll find ways. Next one, Bible studies. Just start a small group Bible study. Let's get together and invite somebody else. Hey, come to our house. Actually, uh, we have to be prepared more and more for that because... In the end time will be more this one individual work. And, you know, we expect, oh, we'll have a big internet and, and everyone will, will uh, you know, just uh, get into and uh, the message will preach. No, will be individual work, talking with one another. That will be based on what Ellen White said. This will be the means toward the end time. So we should go out to invite people to Bible study and that. Uh, helping the poor and the needy. That's another work. The only thing is we have to be careful to follow Bible injunction. How is it done? And not encourage laziness and people that don't want to work and support them because that's a very hard kind of... Uh, it's a very hard work and uh, if it's not done wise, you just waste time and energy, money, and you have no results. So my, uh, this is my homework. And next week I'll preach again, and maybe we'll have a testimony. No, I'm serious. I think we were. Think about a thing you will start doing. I mean, it's time to get serious. Okay, I'm thinking about, you know, I have a health problem. I, I need help. The church will help you. I need help living healthy. Okay, we'll give you a book, or we'll help you. I'll give you, you know. And then... Um, I'll get into that. I'll study, I'll apply it, and then go and, and tell others. I'll start the Bible uh, preaching, I mean a Bible study group. I'll invite two people, three other people from my church and invite others. So I, I, uh, I invite you to think about, to get involved and do something, and the church will kind of have lots of things going, and then you will see people coming here, you will see the right spirit coming into the church. Oh, and I forgot the most important thing. <laughs> we have to warn the people about what's coming upon this world. That's what should be our end, end result. Hey, you know, trouble is around the corner. <laughs> we see now more and more the government and the church. The church, the, you know, they pray a lot. Now the government, and they use the prayer and the people calling back to God. I mean, many people see those good things. For me, I see prophecy being fulfilled. And we are asleep. So my uh, thing is this. Think about what you can do. And uh, do it individually. Uh, for me, I have a certain things in mind. I'll get, I mean, I already spoke that. I like to go maybe Sabbath and just go to knock people's door and give great controversy. I'll try to get other people involved with me. And uh, 
you will see. I mean, for me, I had the experience knocking at people's door. Of course, no, nobody can do that, but you will see uh, how uh, real will be God's promises to you. You will experience how you say things that you do not know, you, you know, and the Holy Spirit, you will see him giving you the right words at the right time. You know, I, I just, to give my own testimony, many times I knock at people's doors. <laughs> Sometimes I'm in a, in a big push to, you know, I have something about prophecy that reveals who the mark of, who the beast is and what the mark of the beast is. <laughs> Sometimes it's not wise to tell those people the same. But you know, uh, when I went to people's door and I knocked at their doors, I did not mention that about, because they would have to ask me, who is the beast? And if you knock at a Catholic and you tell him, who do you think the beast is, you cut off all. But the Holy Spirit had kept me from the, those people telling those things. I'll just say, oh, we have something about prophecy and that, nothing about the beast and that. I had some other people asking me, who's the beast? I said, hey, you know, in, a, in a five minutes, if you have five minutes, I'll explain to you. <laughs> but those people were Protestant, and I could share with them and, uh, and say, you know, it's all that the Protestant believed a long time ago. And, but uh, my appeal to you is this. By God's grace, let's get working, everyone. Change this consumer and be producer. Not just come and, oh, I want the pastor to have a good sermon. Oh, I no, just do something. You, you go and preach. Yeah, you have a, not necessarily from here. I mean, even here, it's open. We need preachers and those people that have a good standing. But hey, go and talk with other people. That's preaching when you tell others the gospel. And uh, let's not just be consumer, but be producers. I know it's hard. America became a, a consumer society. <laughs> and that's why even economic, it doesn't work. When you just consume and you don't produce, you will die. That's why America is in decline, because we don't produce that much. And that's it applies to the church. If you just come and, oh, I want the pastor to have a good sermon and, and uh, the elder to be nice to me and, you know, just... Uh, to turn the temp a little, a few uh, degrees up high. So you do something. And uh, by God's grace, I hope everyone will think about something. Next week, we'll have maybe an open and say, hey, who's thinking about that? What do you think about what you start? And let's get something moving. Not necessarily expect from the church down. It, you know, you might be disappointed. <laughs> Usually the organizational things are getting, oh, we need a committee and that. But let's do everyone what we can in our power. And uh, then we will become a church that is alive and people will come back and uh, we will have a story to tell and we will have testimony by God's grace. Be prepared, though. Many people will reject you. But by God's grace, you keep on going on. And you will find the promises you will find. And uh, my prayer is, let's take serious this. Let's put it on first on our life. You know, I, I was going, no time, but maybe next week I'll talk about, you know. Christ gave a parable about uh, God sent his messengers to invite them to the dinner, to the supper banquet. And the Bible says they start making excuses. 
The Bible says that they start making excuses. I mean, one will say, oh, I bought a piece of land, I have to go and, and see it. And those are make excuses. So let's not make excuses. <laughs> let's get uh, into something. And next week, we will open the floor and hopefully we'll have at least three or four plans to do something. Not uh, individually. And uh, maybe um, in the church or what we can do and... I know, even musical, if you have a music, you know, people in the church, sometimes, today we had enough people. Sometimes we don't have people. The people that have a musical talent say, oh, you know, I'm a perfectionist. If I don't have time to prepare, I cannot sing. I said, make time then. You know, God should be first in our life. No? So I think we have to change our perspective. Let's put God first and His work first and... Uh, the blessing will come on his train by God's grace. Amen.